1: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Wells Fargo Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme. Hello, Greg.
2: What's going on, Rick? Uh one one last crack at it, just the two of us here. Been a fun week. Yeah. And this is a fun day. I mean, I guess I gotta say, what a
1: week. What a week. And it might not have ended in the way we thought it was gonna end, but let's see how. It started and Greg, we'll just talk about the scoring conditions for this Sunday. You know, the pins were in a little bit more difficult spot. The golf course played a half shot over par, which was the second most difficult of the week and nearly a shot and a half more difficult than Saturday. So there were a couple of low scores out there, but not nearly as prevalent as they were on moving day.
2: No. And uh, especially in the morning, it was a lot windier as well. Um, Difficult for players to get the right distance there was a lot you know, more challenging caddy discussions uh, and, and because those whole locations were on the edges near a lot of runoffs and, and roll-offs players had to hit really good shots to 30 feet a lot more often. So it, it was a, a much more difficult day, especially early on. And, you know, by the time the wind, it seemed, you know, the sun kind of came out a little more wind died down a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, and, and, they, you know some players are able to get it going, but those hole locations are hard to hide.
1: Uh, they certainly are. Now, no real problems from Denny McCarthy early on Sunday. He made bogey on the first and quickly turned it around. He made birdie on four, birdie on six, eagle on seven. Added two more on his second nine. It was a five under sixty six. He ended up finishing nine under par. Greg, I look at his, I look at his week seventy one. 67, 71, 66, he's going to rue those 71s a bit, especially because Saturday 71 was uh, losing quite a bit to the field.
2: Yes, uh, very difficult day, disappointing day on Saturday, uh, but made up for it today. And I'll tell you, Rick, he didn't do this the way you would typically see a Denny McCarthy 66. I mean, all of those circles, whether they're birdies or eagles, every single one of them was inside of six feet which is pretty cool. I mean, he, he started flagging, and he missed a couple inside of 10 feet. Uh, so he had a real opportunity to take this one really low. Um, you know, he, he made, I, I think the longest putt he made was about 19 feet. Um, but, but ultimately, this was a uh, great day of iron play for Danny McCarthy, and was able to really give himself some easy birdies, even an easy, I mean, that shot into seven was, was sweet. Uh, a tap in eagle, pretty much, is uh, is really nice.
1: Uh, certainly is not that I would know from experience. Denny McCarthy first in the field and strokes gain approach on Sunday, only twenty third in putting. This guy stinks at putting. Could What's really do a, a little bit better. Uh, Denny McCarthy gave the blueprint to K. H. Lee, and this was really kind of like the next best round, right? You had the five under, uh, the five under. 66 from Denny was two shots better than any other round on the golf course on Sunday. KH Lee, we joked about it uh, on Saturday, kind of getting himself in form for a chance at a three-peat next week. And yeah, that's kind of exactly what he's doing. A, a three-under round of 68, no bogeys on the card, and he's going to head to his favorite place on the PGA Tour schedule.
2: No bogeys is is great for KH Lee. Um, that, that was a different round than what we saw on Friday. Remember, I mean, i really liked what I saw out of him on Friday. Um, but this round was not the same ball striking. Uh, he had to scramble a whole lot more, which perhaps some of that is, uh, the difficulty of the hole locations, uh, the difficulty of the wind, but all in all, he was able to make the saves when he had to. He just didn't give himself as many opportunities as say at Denny McCarthy, um, so 68 was, was really a really good score considering the way he played. He, he got a lot out of his round today. Um, but when you look kind of a little wider view at him for the week, he had 55 greens of regulation, uh, which, which is a great sign he was 27th in strokes gain approach and led the field today in strokes game putting and ended up fourth for the week. Um, that's going to be a really important thing next week. In, you know, next he had 55 greens this week. Next week, you're going to see a lot of players hitting 60 or more. Uh, and and if he wants a three P he's going to have to be one of them.
1: Uh, Craig, was it last year at TPC Craig ranch that you said that Corey Connors was going to hit 66 greens in regulation? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. I don't think so. <laughs> this might've been, was it like, <sighs> Cause they're huge greens. I know, I know why you like, I get, yeah. I, I, it I, might, I was it, like, yeah, maybe <laughs> it might've been.
2: I, I think it, I, for some reason, I feel like it was the Olympics.
1: <laughs> you missed like seven on Thursday. Yeah.
2: That was it. <laughs> it was over right away. It's so over immediately. Uh, but Hey, sometimes you got to fire out a hot take.
1: Listen, I appreciate it. And, uh, it's still giving us content till this day. So it's all, it's all good. Uh, throw it to you, Josh, who do you want to talk about next? He's Ricky away. Fowler. Oh.
0: That, was, that was the setup.
1: Yeah. Ricky Fowler. Yes, that's right. Ricky goes 68 69 on the weekend. Uh, includes actually Greg Bogies on both 16 and 17, but a T 14 for Ricky. And the good play continues. He has not missed a cut since Las Vegas. He has piled up top 20, top 15 finishes. Since then, I don't know if we have officially declared it at any point, but I think it's fair to declare Ricky's back. Yes, he is
2: back. Um, And I I would argue he's been back for a little while, right? Ricky, even when he was playing really well, was not a a guy who regularly won on the PGA Tour. I mean, five wins total in a, a pretty long career when he got started in 2010, um so it's not like in order for Ricky to be back he's got to win. But this is the kind of performance that we saw from Ricky Fowler when he's making Ryder Cup teams and Presidents Cup teams and and finishing top 5 in all four majors. It's a really well-rounded game. And while today he didn't hit the ball as well as he had earlier in the week uh, or has been so far this year, uh, you know, only hit 10 greens today, he was able to make up for a lot of that with his putting, um, this for the week as a whole, he led the field and scrambling, uh, was 10th and strokes game putting and, and fourth for the day. So look, there's a lot of ways Ricky Fowler can attack a golf course. He just hasn't quite put it all together yet to give us that really low round, which I didn't think was going to be necessary. I didn't think at the beginning of the week you'd have to shoot a 63 or 64 like Xander and Wyndham Clark did in order to contend. And I thought that that was a really good thing for Ricky because we could get a performance like this. I just thought it would get him a little closer to the lead.
1: And to be clear, you know, him putting well again, I think is a really good sign. I I thought one of the bigger concerns, you know, like two years ago when he was going through the swing changes and everything else is he lost the putter for an extended period and he was trying a new flat stick seemingly every single week. And when you get away from your DNA like that, it is a really big concern and a lot of guys take quite often to get it back. I he's statistically he's putting well again. Um, I don't mind, you know, I I don't always love seeing a guy gain like, oh, I gained five strokes putting for the week. But like, that's Ricky's DNA. It's all good in this scenario.
2: Right. It's a good thing when Ricky Fowler does that. Um, But it's also, you know, he starts to lose it with the golf swing and loses it with the putter at the same time. And I don't think that can be ignored. I, I think he put a lot of pressure on his putter when he started to hit the ball poorly. And when he started to miss a lot of greens, when he didn't give himself birdie looks, he's always putting with his back against the wall. And I think that affected his statistics. So, you know, I I know he went to this new putter that has really worked well for him. But I do feel like Ricky's putting was a, a result of the struggles tee to green. And as that stuff started to come back, all of a sudden his abilities with the putter kind of reignite
1: reignite is what we are going to do with this conversation and talk about the guys at the top of the leaderboard. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Now, let's talk a little bit about Adam Scott. He ends up finishing T5, 11 under, and Sunday's final round, Greg, says even par, but it was a lot more eventful than that. Three birdies, two bogeys on the front. Two bogeys, excuse me, two birdies, three bogeys on the back. So lots of uh, squares and circles, but you add it all up, it's a 71 for Adam Scott.
2: It's seventy-one for Adam Scott. Some, you know, disappointing mistakes today. Um, I, I thought he was off the green a couple on a couple of occasions and and hit putter from kind of a ways away. I mean, it almost was it was like he was playing a British Open at times. Uh, and it cost him on seventeen when he hit the sprinkler head, uh, and there were a couple of other moments early in the round where uh, you know actually Mark had a great call on one, which must have been on uh it was in on the back nine a little bit earlier maybe 13 or so he had a a long putt from the front of the green and mark said this is a long way to go with that putter and he ended up coming up short so you know there were some disappointing aspects of adam scott's game today and he couldn't really keep any momentum going made some birdies but there were just too many mistakes
1: Terrell Hatton, I'll tell you what, if you want to get yourself a Terrell Hatton golf ball, there are a lot in the bodies of water surrounding Quail Hollow because every time they showed him picking a golf ball out of the cup, Greg, he was launching it, not (laughs) not backhanding it, not rolling it, like, full on, um, like, I don't even know, like, Yasiel Puig, like, from the outfield throwing a guy out at the plate Chucking it into the water,
2: into the depths. Yes. Uh, yeah, there were, you know, this is a great week for Tyrrell Hatton. It was a great boy, week. <laughs> he got frustrated. Uh, it wasn't just throwing the balls in the water, but I mean, he was giving the bunkers a beating too, all week long. It seems like every time he was in a bunker, whether it was a fairway bunker or a greenside bunker, he was smacking the sand after hitting a shot. And look, we, Laugh this off in a way because it's Tyrrell being Tyro, but when he, when you get him in contention, this stuff comes into full effect, uh, and and you you really get to watch it a whole lot more. Um You don't have to watch it on PGA Tour live, right? It's on the broadcast and it's covered, and he talks about it, and he's animated and frustrated. So it's um yeah, it, it was good fun, but really a pretty high quality week from Tyrell Hatton. It, this was good stuff.
1: Yeah. T3, 12 under par, seven shots off the lead, but that a lot of guys were that far off the lead and he will be in the field next week and probably be one of the favorites. So someone will uh, keep an eye on there. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about the big two here. Uh, You know, the match play situation, the two horse race, if you will here, Greg, and we'll try to take this a little bit chronologically because this, this tournament came down to uh, Xander Shoffley and Wyndham Clark. And the first, seven holes were very much in the favor of Xander Shoffley. Uh, Xander made birdie on three and birdie on seven. Uh, Wyndham Clark made a a bogey on one and a par on seven. That's a a, a par five. And that is the, uh, I guess that's a three shot swing over the first seven holes, which actually nudges Xander out in front. And you're thinking, okay, the guy with the pedigree, the, the top 10 player in the world has just snatched the lead away from a guy who's never won before on the PGA tour. And it's over wrap it up. Xander Shoffley, another win. Good job. Go home.
2: Yeah. It looked like that. And yet ringing in my ears after this takes place is a line. Kyle Porter has said before that Xander's kind of allergic to the lead. <laughs> um, and he took the lead on seven. For the first time and on eight, he has eight feet for birdie, a great opportunity to really slam the door home and he misses and Windham makes birdie at eight. And it, it, and from that point on, this was, he then three putts, nine uh, doesn't take advantage of 10 makes bogey at 11 after short sighted himself. Windham did too. And Windham got up and down. Uh, so as soon as he touched the lead, things kind of went sideways for him. And then once he lost the lead again, he played a little better. So it, it's fascinating because the, the fall down for Xander in this event comes not only after the lead, but with, sco- with all the scoring holes, with all the opportunities to, to take this thing. And, and I can't help but think if, if, um, if he takes advantage of eight, a two putts, nine takes advantage of 10. That puts a lot of pressure on Wyndham Clark and Wyndham Wyndham's performance may have been affected. And and he had an opportunity to really, you know, test all this mental work that Wyndham has been doing. That's been so well documented this week. Um, He could really have put the pressure on Wyndham and made Wyndham chase Xander instead of allowing Wyndham to battle Wyndham. And, and I I think he, he missed an opportunity and it, it started on eight.
1: I'm not going to out the person who said this to me, but it's a good line. So I I will repeat it. This is not mine, but I will not cite my source called Xander Shoffley, a professional runner up, which I thought was, I thought was dirty, uh, and not entirely inaccurate.
2: Yeah. I, 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 uh, understand that uh, completely understand it. And there's so much evidence that you, that supports that yet he's won seven times on tour. You know, that's kind of the, the irony of this situation, but I don't know, Rick. I mean, what is, what is it with him? Is, is there a pro does he have to be chasing from well back? Like
1: He's so good. He's just so good. It is kind of a, a large enough sample to be like, I, I also just think that, Consider All things considered, Xander Schauffele's PGA Tour career is so bizarre, right? It's, it's how many wins does he have versus how many trophies does he have? You know, how, how did he get those wins? Uh, how did he not get, you know, how many times did he have a situation where he could have, would have, sh- you know, should have? It's, it's just like the whole thing is so bizarre it's not yes. necessarily a bad way cuz he's having a phenomenal career and he's probably going to continue to and then it's like the lack of major championship win but but he's been great at the it's it, the whole thing is just so bizarre if you sat down and said yeah well he's one of the top 10 players in the world but he doesn't win enough but he's had a phenomenal major championship career but he's never won one and oh he might have seven wins or he might have 11 but yeah like like what 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 are we talking about here
2: i know it's really hard to understand and dissect because you know part of getting into this situation where you're What's the line, a professional runner-up? Yeah. If you're a professional runner-up, that means you're coming in second place at a lot of these tournaments, right? You're, fit, you're in the conversation a lot. So you don't get the, um, you don't get this, like the the old line, you know, best player without a major, right? It, well, they're the best player at something. Uh, that, that takes a lot of skill to in order to get there. You have to be really good to get into these conversations or you say, well, why doesn't he win more? And when you're talking about somebody with seven wins and you're saying, why doesn't he win more? It means he's in position a lot. Uh, and, and, you know, he's in position more than Cantlay, uh, right? He's in, he doesn't have the problem that Cantley has in major championships, uh, you know, or Sam Burns or Tony Finau or some of these other players who, it, Tony doesn't belong in that. Uh, exclude Tony's name from that. But like a Sam Burns and a, and a, uh, Patrick Cantlay, whose performance seems to, you know, ev- evade them when majors come around. It doesn't for Xander. He just hasn't closed the deal yet. And and it seems like he should win more often and doesn't. But there are other players who are in that position a lot less. So it's a hard one to figure out.
1: The turning point came, as you mentioned, at eight. Um, Wyndham Clark birdies eight. Xander Shaufley, uh misses the birdie putt makes a par. And that seemed to settle Wyndham because then he got right back into kind of what we saw on Saturday. He birdies 10, he birdies 12, he birdies 14, he birdies 15. He, he runs away with this, right? I mean, it was, it was very much a victory lap coming down the green mile in a way. I mean, he, he played the green mile like he had a five shot lead and, and he did. and, at the end of the day, it's a three under 68. He gets his very first win anywhere in the world. But I was super impressed with the resilience, the, the ability to kind of see one go down and then reset and take over again.
2: You know, even after eight, he has a, you know, put inside of six feet on nine and misses it right there. So that's another opportunity for things to get a little queasy. But again, xander three putts so there's like this uh there's now Wyndham has the opportunity to battle Windom, uh and and this is something he's been working on um in staying calm and slowing down and and he never had to chase xander because of xander's performance and if he had i wonder if things end up differently but There's nothing, there's nothing Wyndham Clark can do about that. And he had every opportunity to allow this thing to get away. He had every opportunity to fold uh, and, and he seemed to step up every time. You know, I mean, I thought the up and down at two was huge for him. If he starts bogey bogey there, things get going really fast, (laughs) you know, and he, that I, I think settled him a little bit. It was still a little shaky and then all of a sudden he he get finds his groove and we see the we see the skill set that we saw earlier in the week come to life on the back nine.
1: Let's dive a little bit deeper into this Wyndham Clark stuff. So this was uh event uh, PJ Tour event number 134 for him gets the first victory gets first victory anywhere here. And one of the things that we have very much documented over the course of 2023 Greg is this this unbelievable resurgence On the second shot, irons and wedges and his ability to uh, pad these uh, massive approach numbers. So starting in starting at the farmers is where he started to gain multiple uh, strokes on approach seemingly every single week. And you mentioned it basically his top five or six all time career uh, approach weeks have been this year. And they've been since then. Well, he's going to add another one to that record because he gained eight. Point eight strokes on approach. That's a new new career high. I I mean, again, I joked last night. Whatever, whatever he found in La Jolla, we need to be bottling. We need to be selling. We got to figure it all out. But this is an unbelievable turnaround. And if he can continue this with his other skills that he already has—the ability to bomb it, the ability to roll the rock—like that's dangerous.
2: Yes, and he's he's stayed on the PGA Tour for this amount of time because of his ability to bomb it and his ability to roll the rock and what's kept him out of legitimate contention, what's kept him out of, um, you know, the any of the conversations we've had about Xander Shoffley or any of these other great players, what's kept him out of the conversations of not winning enough is not contending enough. And, And he doesn't contend enough because of the iron play. Now, all of a sudden he figures that out. Uh, and now he's done it down the stretch, and I, I have to think that's going to go a long way for him. Um, the official number—it's it, now six. His six best events of the year are his six best performances with his irons ever, uh, and and you add the RBC Heritage into that. That's there are two in between, right? The Genesis from 2022 and the 2019 three M Open uh, are the only ones in between. So you're talking about seven of his best nine have happened this year in 2023. It's it's uh, absolutely outrageous. And again, I mean, like you said, Rick, we'd love to ask him about what happened to your iron play. And I wonder if this is a mental approach, if this is a strategy game. It's one thing that's evident to me in the strokes game department. We talked about it with Sung Jm last night i believe where he led the field in proximity to the hole but was in the fifth he was like 53rd place or something approaching the green because he made a couple big mistakes yeah. so you, you can you can gain strokes by playing smart and and, and i get the sense that Wyndham is gaining strokes by not losing strokes and accumulatively over the course of a round that stuff adds up and, and it leads to Contention for him.
1: The other thing uh, is he joined Club 19, which is gaining 19 strokes or more in a single tournament. That has now only been done twice this season. So he gained 19 and a half this week. The only other time this season that it's happened was was last week in Mexico. Tony Finau did it. Think about the difference wow. between the field in Mexico last week and the field that Wyndham Clark just did this in this week.
2: And, and think about the you know the golf course. Yeah. Right, how much do, it it doesn't take anything away from Tony Fino, uh but it just highlights what Wyndham Clark did on a major championship level golf course against a major championship level field. Uh, he he tore him apart. He was by far the best player uh, with the exception of what five holes today.
1: So yeah. it, it's yeah. impressive stuff. The 19 19- strokes game mark has only been achieved uh on the pga tour this is the fifth time since the start of the 2021 season so two full seasons and then this half of a season so uh really incredible stuff i mean i guess you know what is next for Wyndham, right i hate it's it's so unfair to start talking about that conversation immediately after getting your first pga tour victory but i think greg you and i are are very bullish or have been very bullish on what we've seen in 2023 and and if this is not just a hot run with his irons and wedges, and he's now this guy on the second shot, it, it, seemingly the sky's the limit.
2: The more I hear from him, the more I like it. Uh, you know, I, I this isn't some oh, you know, somebody gave me a tip on the range <laughs> and it clicked, and you know, those things wear off. They're they're great, I wouldn't shy away from them, but they're not a sign that there are great things to come. But when, when he talks about the developing of the mental skills, whatever those are that he's working on, uh, the ability to slow down, the awareness that he showed in his press conference last night. I mean, we were on air, but I got to watch it after, and he talked about how fast he gets with his swing, with his pace, with his walking. Uh, and that's, that's a level of self-awareness that not a lot of players have. And as you start to put these puzzle pieces together and really understand it, now you're talking about a skill set that is ready to shine through, right? And, and whatever this skill set is, can, you can live up to that potential, play to that potential. And it feels like Wyndham Clark, is he certainly was at that place this week. But what I really like is it's been building toward that all year. So I, I don't see this as a flash in the pan. I mean, are we going to get a, an exhale out of Wyndham? Am I going to pick him to win the PGA? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a couple of middling events o- over his next couple starts. That wouldn't surprise me at all. It also wouldn't deter me from thinking um, that that you're going to see performances like this much more. Not not like this this week, but performances like we've seen so far this year, leading up to it, I think that's going to become kind of the norm for him.
1: Wyndham Clark will move to fifth in the FedEx Cup standings. He will move to thirty first in the official world golf rankings, and he will be in the Masters for the first time, something he has not uh, done before. And oh, by the way, how about this, Greg? Three point six million dollars for Wyndham Clark. And the win uh, this week. Do you want to guess? Since joining the tour in 2019, playing 133 events before this, what his career earnings were before this week?
2: Hmm. Uh, Four hundred thousand. Four hundred seventeen thousand. For his career. What? For his career. We're, we're, I feel like I heard that on the broadcast. I may have been trying. I'm trying don't, to cheat. Don't cheat. No. What? What were they?
1: hundredth. Um, so he's been on the tour since 2019. He's kept his tour card, so he's got to make more. Yeah. Than it, right.
2: It, it's probably um, what 4.6 million.
1: That's getting better. Yeah. 7.4. So he made 50 percent of what he's made in his entire career. He made today. That's pretty sick.
2: That is. Uh, nice to say well, the least
1: wasn't there also something like uh okay josh josh is coming in they said that was his previous biggest check ever was for
2: uh, oh okay okay yeah i you know what i should have done a better job listening to you uh That's okay. you know and, and i did now,
1: hear now that see, so if my hard. wife just said something like that you know i should have done a better job I that finally someone has said that to me well that, that should make mistakes me. right <laughs> yeah right <It's> <laughs> i should have listened to you uh there's a joke that's like um you know my wife's always my wife's always my wife said to me you never listen when i talk and i thought that was a weird way to start a conversation (laughs) i think it's pretty funny that is funny (laughs) um anything else on god i keep wanting i keep i'm so close to calling it the wyndham championship every single time the wells fargo championship before I move on to our best bets and uh, one and done. You could call it the Wyndham Clark championship. Mm. I
2: don't know. Just, I guess this last question would be, um, is this a, I know it's not a Ricky Fowler or a, a Rory McElroy type thing, but you know, the first wins of Rory coming here, Ricky coming here, Max Homa coming here, it feels like the guys that win here for the first time, this is, it's a significant place to win. And I do think that it, it you know, it's hard to win here with just a flash in the pan. Well, I was I was gonna I say,
1: I'll tell you what, think about the careers of those guys, right? Obviously not after, after this, correct. Right. You've, you've got to have, and this is without looking it up. I imagine this is the best field. This event has ever had.
2: I would imagine as well.
1: Right. So, a golf course that asks for a lot guys that got their first win ended up having and still are having really great careers. And this was the deepest field it's ever seen. I, I tend to agree that this is a really good sign. It's just, it's just weird because we talked about it last night. You know, there hasn't been a lot of these guys that are around for three or four years, all of a sudden find something. And then is that real or not? Is basically the question.
2: Yeah. And and to know if that's real, I mean, that takes time to figure that out, right? It could be, he could have a great season with his iron play and it could regress again next season. Um, So again, where, where does that leave us? Uh, But uh, this is, this is really significant and it's been going on for quite a while now. So I'm, I'm watching to see, and I'm going to give him a couple of, you know, probably a month or so where, I'll, be, I'll give him a lot of space. I, I expect a, an exhale to some degree. That happens all the time with winners. Um, but I think by the time um, summer rolls around, you're going to see this kind of Wyndham Clark playing a lot more often.
1: All right. Well, we will uh, continue this conversation, but we'll do it in the form of our best bets and one and done recap. And we'll also look ahead to next week's AT&T Byron Nelson. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Uh, we'll recap the bets here, and uh, we had an okay week, especially in the best bets department, but here are our uh, matchup finishing position and outrights. So nobody had Wyndham Clark, so we whiff on those eight. Greg, you and I found the matchup winners. I had Patrick Cantlay over Rory McIlroy. I got plus money on that, and you had even money on Corey Connors over Keegan Bradley, so two green check marks for us.
2: Yeah, it got a little, Keegan put together some nice golf. It got a little close there, but uh, Corey Connor's strategy definitely worked out. Um, I you know, I like you picking on Rory there, but it's a risky, it's just a, it's a risky one. <laughs> there, there's something to me where I look down that board. I see, oh, Patrick Cantlay's plus money against Rory, but it's Rory.
1: It was it, it was scary. You way. went for it. Oh, yes, it's, it's a Sunday night. It's it's not, it's easy to look like a smart guy, but it was very scary on on Tuesday when we approached. and probably Thursday after Rory shoots 68. Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit worried about that. Although Cantlay was like, I mean, Cantlay was Cantlay shot 67. Yeah, and then never really did much after that. But Rory really struggled over the the final three rounds. Um, we had two finishing position winners. I had Taylor Moore. tennis finished inside of the top 40. He did just that continues to play great golf and KP had Ricky Fowler to finish inside the top 20. So both of those are winners. This Taylor Moore kid, Greg, who my God, he can, he can play. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. He's, uh, you know, not, not at a Wyndham Clark level right now, but he's going to be around. He's, he's really fun to watch because he's talented.
1: Uh, Opened with a 66, actually shot 71, 71, 72, but still finished T27. So that top 40 did cash. And we already talked about Ricky Fowler at T14. So that one is all good there. And then look at this. How about our best bets? Uh, Three out of four green check marks. KP, the only loser here. He had Cam Young top 20. Cam Young made the cut, but ended up finishing in a tie for 59th. The others... uh, we're all winners. Fowler, top 20. That was mine. Patrick, no sweat on Taylor Montgomery to miss the cut. That was easy, plus 140. And you had Emiliano Grillo, plus 110 to finish inside the top 40. Three winners.
2: Yep. Really nice hits there. I mean, Patrick calling uh, Taylor Montgomery a little fraudulent, maybe a little extreme, but he, hey, he went for it and it's green now.
1: Tell you what, it, by Thursday morning at like 9 a.m., he was. Uh, four or five over. So that was never, never remotely a sweat.
2: Yeah. It's rare that on two on Thursday, you can look at the leaderboard before noon and say, I was, I told you.
1: Yeah. He made two Montgomery made two doubles in his first seven holes.
2: Yeah. It can happen. He's got to work on that, that ball striking a little bit. Yeah, he does.
1: Okay. So a pretty good week for us and the one and done stinking Mark, man. Just can't get rid of this guy. So here are the, here are the updated standings. Uh, Greg, you had Cam Young. We already talked about that. T59, that was worth to you $44,600.
2: Yeah, this is what life in the cellar looks like. Um, struggling in the events where there's a lot of money to be made and not making a lot of money. That's where the separation comes from. It's just, it, it's it's happened to me all year. So it's disappointing.
1: Patrick went with Rory McElroy. He was a lone wolf at a ultimate course for a horse, and got a very disappointing fifty one thousand two hundred twenty two dollars. Getting fifty one thousand from Rory is a very tough pill to swallow.
2: Yeah, the uh, the swimmies fell off when he threw him <laughs> when he threw him in the pool. I forgot about that, that. That was that was not a great play. I, I mean I get the position and I'm you know chirping up from the cellar here. <laughs> I, I understand the position you're trying to make a move and it's a good opportunity to be a lone wolf, but
1: it's it's not a good play. Uh, Sia and Kyle also had Cam Young, so they didn't get much either. The fans Grand play, though, yeah, the fans used. Victor Hovland, Uh, Victor faded a bit, especially on Sunday. He got them $65,000, so the fans did not earn much there. Kyle M is turning into, that M stands for MVP of this one and done, because Kyle M got $525,000 from Sungjae M and snapped through the $10 million mark and is now in third place. That had to win the week, right? I believe it tied the week. No, it won the week. It won yeah, the
2: week. That, that had to win the week. I mean, he's turning into Sung Jm. Yeah. Right, who we picked this week. Really, really good stuff from Kyle M.
1: He's been phenomenal. He's been on a great run. I mentioned it earlier. He was making like a million dollars on average uh, per start, and he's like not slowing down anytime soon. So good stuff, Kyle M. I uh, had Patrick Cantlay. Lone Wolf in second place. He was out fast on Thursday. I was thrilled. Justin Thomas got off to a slow start. Cantlay struggled over the final three days. Got me two hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. Mark had Justin Thomas three hundred fifty-three. So I lost one hundred twenty k into in ground to Mark here, where it felt like I was going to be able to make up a little bit of distance.
2: Yeah, disappointing for him. What happened? Uh, Where did he? where did he go? He he just a couple of 71s in the rounds where you really feel like you could make a move. He just didn't. T twenty one out of Patrick Cantley feels like I don't know. It's like Xander Shaw. I, I took Xander at century. Um and and you just feel like, man, I wish I had Patrick Cantley later on this year.
1: He just didn't hit it good. He So round one, he gained 2.8 strokes on approach. It was ninth in the field. Uh, phenomenal start. He lost a half a stroke in round two on approach, two and a half in round three, and 2.2 in round four. So he lost 4.6, five strokes on approach over three rounds.
2: Yeah, not, not good. Still finished type 21st.
0: Yeah, that's Which, the know, crazy part.
2: Right, that's a sign of how good his game is. He's one of the few stars that can have shaky approach play and win, uh, and contend. And we consider him a great ball striker, even when his iron play isn't really up to the level of some of the best iron players out there. But, um, this was disappointing,
1: mm. Greg. We will head to Texas not next week. Not not literally you and I, but the PGA Tour uh, will head to Texas next week. They're going to go to AT&T Byron Nelson. It'll be the final tune-up uh, before the PGA Championship. The twice-defending champion, KH Lee, is back for more. Scotty Scheffler is in the field. Jordan Spieth is in the field. Terrell Hatton, Hideki Matsuyama. Um, I think those are the big names. Uh,
2: did you say... Um... Did you say Jordan?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think this is going to be a pretty cool event. You got to, you got enough heavy hitters here. You know you're going to see a ton of birdies. Yeah. You're going to see a ton of greens of regulation.
1: Yeah, maybe sixty six of them from somebody.
2: Uh, yeah, it would not would not surprise me. Um, you, I mean, I think there were like eight guys last year. Not that anybody cares, but I think there were like eight guys last year who hit sixty greens here. So, you know, there's a lot of birdie opportunities. And the question is, can anybody make more than K.H. Lee? Probably not. It's fu- It's going to be fun to watch. Seeing Scotty Scheffler in an event like this. If there's no guarantee. This is one when you get these birdie fests, big names can fall very easily. Anybody can because you can play great and get lapped. Right.
1: Go shoot four under and get lapped. That happens. You know what I think is interesting? And uh, my fake hat tip to these guys, you know, when when they released this designated schedule and, you know, the Texas events weren't on there, whether it was the Texas Open or Byron Nelson, basically Scottie Scheffler and George Beath were like, yeah, we're still going to play those. Right. Like even even meaning if we have to skip a designated event because we think it's important to, you know, promote golf and be there in our community and stuff like that. And they're living up to it.
2: Absolutely. You know, Jordan especially has already uh, checked the the box for the three non-designated events that he was responsible to play. Um, I'm not sure where Scotty Scheffler is on that off the top of my head. This might be his third, Um, but anyway, it's um, it's good stuff that they're supporting these events. You also have, it's the week before a major. Some guys really like to play. And uh, the week before. And I do think the new designated schedule has thrown uh, the schedule for individuals in a kind of an odd spot where it's a lot more difficult to plan around just majors when you have designated events to, to deal with as well.
1: Scotty played the American express. So that's one. And that is the only one. So this will be number two. This
2: will be number two. Okay. All right. So you'll probably see like a Scottish open be my uh, guess
1: Scottish Open is not a designated event yeah i guess that makes right sense. get over there early yeah do a little yeah that makes sense that makes sense uh we will be back next week although i am ugh, i am traveling and then heading straight to the pga championship so i'm like out the latter half of next week but i'll be geared up at oak hill and getting ready which uh i'm very very excited about
2: We'll hold the fort down for you, Rick. You'll be missed. Uh, we'll try to keep things on the rails, but it usually doesn't
1: go so well when you're gone, which is very rare. Well, I appreciate it. And I will have some uh, boots on the ground at Oak Hill and hopefully some nice intel. And we'll be rocking and rolling for uh, for that week. But yeah, I mean, it's it's can you believe it? I mean, we're a week away from th- this time next week. We'll be saying next week's the PJ Championship.
2: Next week is the PGA championship. We're not there yet. We got a cool event in front of us, but it's it's close. The second major of the year is right around the corner.
1: Mm. All right. Uh big thanks to producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Big thanks to Greg Ducharme. We rocked it three nights in a week. Him and I, very fun stuff. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You can find him on Twitter at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.